people think about branding and they think logo design or they think, you know, website or, or colours or, you know, symbols. I say it's, it's all of those things, but the main thing is that it comes down to emotions. You know, you've got to create an emotional connection. Welcome and thanks for listening to The Freelancer's Friend, brought to you by AspectAvenue.com, helping freelancers and solopreneurs to create lasting and sustainable success. Remember to subscribe, leave a review if you can, and please share the podcast with your freelancer friends. Welcome, David. Hello. Thanks for sharing some time with us. No worries. Um, You've had some impressive uh, graphic design and branding clients and uh, some interesting projects, such as, uh, for example, uh, working on the I'm Alan Partridge program. And I just saw earlier today that you were the graphic designer helping one of the teams on The Apprentice in, yeah. 20, in 2018. Yeah. So you've uh, had an interesting career and uh, probably uh, done some kinds of work that most freelancers uh, don't really get to do. They uh, usually deal with small clients. Um, but uh, did you have to go through that? How did you first begin before your very first client? How did it go for you in the very beginning? Um, in the very beginning, it's tough to work out when the really beginning was because I guess did a degree and I sort of did animation in my degree and then I moved, I'm from the New Forest. So when I moved back to the New Forest, there's basically no animation jobs whatsoever. So, you know, I thought, well, I know Photoshop and Illustrator, so I'll, I'll try and get a, um, a graphic design job, you know, anything, just any job. Uh, so I, I basically, you know, applied for quite a few and eventually I got one and um, I had to do a little freelance project for them just to sort of show that I was good enough, which I did get paid for as well. Um, so I did that and they hired me and it was on a very, very low wage. But that was for sort of sports, nutrition, health foods, brands. So I did a bit of web design, a little bit of branding and, and just sort of built my career then. And that's how I got sort of good. And then I got, um, uh, I, I left that and did another job with a company called the Team Building Company. So I was doing corporate events and design for that. So I was doing a lot of, working with a lot of big brands and a lot of big brand guidelines and things like that. Uh, but their, I noticed their website was teambuilding.co.uk. So I thought that was brilliant. That's like that's exactly what they do in their URL. And so I sort of like I started thinking. I never really thought thought about going freelance, but I just thought if I could get a good domain name then maybe I could sort of quit my quit my job and, and go freelance. And, and the, the main motivation for that was that I was doing music and I wanted more free time to do music. So I thought if I was freelance, I wouldn't have to get up every day for the work. I could sort of pick and choose for clients, do like the dream job and have these sort of two careers going. So what I was, I was looking, I was looking for web, uh, d- d- domain names and I found a guy that had freelancegraphicdesigner.co.uk, but he had another website. And the, the point was, is like, I thought, oh, I wonder if he's going to let this drop. He's going to he's going to forget about that. He's got this one because he literally wrote on the website. I'm only doing this for an SEO experiment, search engine experiment. Right. So I thought well, maybe he'll, he'll just not bother with that and he'll just keep his main one. So I worked out the exact date when that domain name was going to become available. And I and, and, and sure enough, he did let it drop. And then you have to sort of wait 90 days. And I went in and bought it and I bought it for five pounds. So I had freelancegraphicdesigner.co.uk. I was like, brilliant, brilliant. So then I, I basically, I did do that. I quit my job and I had a few little clients. And yeah, I mean, 
it was quite tough at the beginning, just just a few. It was very like I had a, like a couple of big jobs. There was a website job and a video editing job actually, and I managed to do those. And I thought, right, I've got a little bit of money from the work, quitting the work, you know, like a bit holiday pay and stuff like that, and some some small bonus payouts and stuff for things that I did. So I got that money, and I've got these other two jobs. So I thought, right, now I've got enough to do, you know, two or two or three months, right? And so. I basically did those two jobs and like on day one, um, like sitting in my bedroom working, I thought, ah, oh, this is the best. I felt like God. I felt so good that I quit my job and I'm just working for myself, my own clients. So I did that and I did those two jobs, but then it was just like nothing. So I really like ran out of money very quickly. I was even on housing benefit at one point. And the thing with that is that this is a few years ago. This is like... 2007 or something um thing with like housing benefit is that if you you know if you do lots of work then you have to pay back the housing benefit so it's just totally it, it's totally non-motivational to get work you know so it's just it's like killing me so this, this is no good whatsoever no um, it's not a perfect system at all yeah no it's terrible so it didn't it didn't um encourage you to do anything so actually i i i didn't i i, I decided to move to and i moved to london so i was going from down south I moved up to London and I had my URL, which I started sort of putting some work on and, and stuff like that. And um, so I moved to London and then my money really ran out. I couldn't get any housing benefit or anything. I had to borrow some money and stuff. I was absolutely skint as anything. Um, but um, I managed to get I managed to get the website up and, and looking quite good. I, I put some bits of work from from the other uh, from from like the commercial stuff I did with the uh, from team building and from the health food stuff. So I had, a, I had a bit of work on there. And so that was 2008. And then there was like this financial crash. Yep. And then like everyone ran out of money. So um, what actually happened was I actually got a few of the bigger clients were then looking to save money and they were looking for freelancers. So I managed to get some, some, some bigger clients like Hilton and stuff like that. They actually came to me uh, because I had this good SEO positioning and when I started putting work on there, then it started to get hit. I was like, you know, freelance graphic designer was actually, you know, getting me results in terms of the search terms. So, so those bigger clients were like then finding me and thinking, well, we can use a freelancer to save some money. And obviously, it was quite cheap back then because I was still starting out. I've put my prices up, you know, since then. This is, you know, talking 12 years ago now or, or even longer. So, um, so that's basically how I got started. And then it sort of moved on from there, really. So it's quite a long answer. <laughs> no, that's no, really good. And uh, Google uh, doesn't work in exactly the same way as it does, of course, as it did back then. Yeah. Um, but we won't get into SEO. Um, no, let's not. I don't. <laughs> I really don't. Right. Um, but you're lucky to have that domain name, which sounds like it served you well. I think so, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, so branding is a a lot more than your logo and brand colours, of course. Uh, so what would be your own definition of a brand? Well, uh, what I sort of say is that you, people think about branding and they think logo design or they think, you know, website or, or colours or, you know, symbols. I say it's, it's all of those things, but the main thing is that it comes down to emotions. You know, you've got to create an emotional connection from from your thing and you've got to make people feel a certain way 
and all the best brands do that and you can define them in one word you know like you think about harley davidson for example as a brand it's just like it uses the word freedom you know there's 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 there's, there's tons of them i always think about innocent smoothies you know innocent smoothies is such a simple concept it's just fruit and water but they sold that brand for hundreds of millions to coca-cola because coca-cola can't do that they can't put out a product like that you know so I mean, there's, there's loads of brilliant branding, but it all comes down to how it makes you feel. You know, like Body Shop, Ethics, you know, Nike is about winning. You know, you can sort of define them in one word. So that's how I describe branding, really. And uh, so what are some of the mistakes you see people making when it comes to their brand? Well, I think the biggest mistake is just not researching it. You know, like the, 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 or coming up with the most obvious ideas. Like you think about, you know, an estate agency, they always use the same they'll pretty much always use the same symbols which is the a roof or, or like a chimney or you know, the, the classic house sort of symbol and like actually if you research you do lots and lots of research you can not only get better ideas but you can also avoid accidental copying of other people's ideas and and just by doing lots of and do research into those emotional things so so think about what uh, an audience what what other things does that audience um absorb if you think about a luxury brand you know, I recently did one for a yachts company, but I didn't just I didn't just research yachts. I researched you know expensive cars, luxury cars. What are these other brands that they're also involved with? Because there might be some hints and clues and trends and things like that you can pick up on. So really, like I would just say, do the research, do loads and loads of research. Go get get a sort of grid and fill it with lots of things. Like Pinterest is brilliant, uh, Google searches are brilliant. You can get loads of there's so much good stuff out there. And, and by collecting and lots and lots of examples of the kind of things that your audiences are, are you know, exposed to and love, you'll create something mm. equally as good. So you think it's necessary to put a lot of time and effort into researching and thinking yeah. about it? Yeah, clearly. yeah. And, and you don't have to be a designer to do that. That's the thing. So some, some clients, I mean, I, I deal with clients like big clients, but I also deal with lots and lots of independent businesses, lots and lots of startups. You know, lots of people with ideas just to start brands, and and some of them, you know, they can't afford to do the full package with me. But they, what they, what I can do is I can coach them. I can say, look, you know, the, the research phases. Anyone can do that. Anyone can fill up lots and lots of mood boards, and then through 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 collecting lots of examples, you can sketch and doodle. You know, but those doodles aren't. You know, they don't have to be brilliant. They're just little ideas. You know, it's just like, and you you can show me that. Show me the, you know, show me the the benchmark examples, and then say this has led to this sort of concept, this this image, this world, this sort of you know thing. And it could be the worst. I mean, I my, my doodles are rubbish. They're just like little little sketches in the corner of a thing. And I'm like enlarge it. Actually, that is the concept there, that shape, that that form, and and because it's referenced with all these other things, I can then produce something professional. But that's the only stage where you need someone to do that. All, all the other research phases and the doodles and stuff like that. Anyone could do that. Hmm. So it's important to get right before you kind of dive into it properly and get start paying for it. Yeah, don't, don't just think of the first idea. A lot of people, they go straight to the software, they, they pick a font, they go, oh, that's a nice font, and they put that on there, and they go, oh, I know, uh, you know, like a... I'll do like a, a swirl or a circle or something. And they fall in love with it straight away because they've created it. But really, it's come from nothing. It's, it's obviously it's either the most obvious idea or it's just too basic, you know. And, and to get those levels of depth and to get try and get those emotional connections, you really need to research it, you know. Do a lot of research. 
What would you say to somebody who, who says to you that it doesn't really matter, a, a logo is a logo, you just put a, a circle with a line through it and that's what my business is and people, the end consumer doesn't really care what your logo looks like or what your colours are? Well, I would just say to that person, you know, what, look around your house, what have you bought? What brands have you bought and why have you bought them? You know, there's always a reason. You know, like if everything in your house has got like no symbols, no branding, no, you know, obviously you're not influenced and you maybe you don't, you're not, exper you're not, you're not influenced by it. So therefore you don't see the importance of it. But I, I challenge anyone to not be influenced by it. You know, whatever you buy, you're making a split second decision on the appearance of it. You know, after how often do you go into a supermarket and buy something just because you like the packaging? You know, that, that's the same, you're like a business. And, and when your clients are looking at your business, they're looking at not just yours, they're looking at lots of others. So you want them to have those instant feelings of like, yeah, I want to go with those guys. I don't know why, but I like the look of them. You know, I like, I like what I'm saying. I like, all that is branding, you know. And, and if you put little effort into it, that's going to show up. Clients will see that and they'll mm -hmm. go with one of your competitors. Yeah, very good. Um, so um, talking about mo uh, money, I'm sure at least uh, one listener is wondering how much uh, creating their brand properly will cost. Uh, what kind of investment can can they expect and are there ways for someone with little or no budget to at least get started on the right foot yeah like i said i i do work with people with with smaller budgets and i say it's always a balance of time and money you know so if so the bigger clients come in and they want me to do it all and they don't have the time you know they just say look, look we need you to present all the ideas we need you to do the research but they've got the money and and and, and the things the, the balance of time versus money is always better to spend money to save time like the, the rich and successful people they spend money to save time because they know that time you never get that back you know no matter how much money you spend on it you will get that back especially if you're investing in design and branding that'll come back tenfold so it's not only that you'll get the money back you'll get it back massively but the time you'll never get back but if you do have a tight budget and i work with people with with a lot of tight budgets i say to them that I'll coach them into how to doing this research phases, and I'm developing a package now just for individual startups. Because I'm a startup, still, I'm, you know, I'm a single person. I, I know, I know what it's like. I know how difficult it is, especially now. So I've got this system where, you know, if you're willing to put the time in, that can save you money because it saves me time. So I don't have a charge for it. So I can coach you. I can get you to those phases of branding, and I can talk about the research. And if it's going a little bit awry, or if I think you've missed an opportunity to do something, I'll say, look how about researching these areas and then presenting those ideas and, and I'll get you to be creative and, and through this process sketch an idea and when I see it's something right that I can then just charge for that for just just putting that result and that, that can be varied it can be something very simple in which case it would be quite quick or, or it could be something you know more illustrative and then so there's no real set cost for it because it's a piece of artwork at the end of the day. there's no there's no cost it's like saying how much does a car cost you know right. you can you can spend whatever you what you can spend 50 quid on a car you know mm -hmm. and you say this uh, program you're putting together right now or is that yeah i've done it with a few people um there's been this um this this thai um thailand themed confectionery company that I work with, uh, and there's another couple as well. I can't think of them at some point, but they, they, um, and they've done all these phases, and they put in a lot of time. And the more time they put in, the better the result. So, um, you know, they, they'll just come to me with the final idea then. Whereas the bigger companies will, they might say, you know, we've got a basic idea, we've got some, we've got some 
you know, competition and we want to be like this and this. They, they might come up with the, the words and the terms, but they don't have any visuals, you know. So uh, it's up to me to put together the mood boards and then through the mood boards, I do some analysis of it and I take them through this journey of the directions and I get them to make a lot of the creative decisions as well. So they can, they can feel like it's their thing as well. Uh, and then yeah, we do the final branding and there's lots of different iterations and stuff like that. And uh, uh, there's nothing online that I've seen, I suppose somebody would just uh, contact you and ask you about it at the moment. How do you mean? Uh, if somebody was interested in doing that with you, they would just uh, contact you and ask you about it? Yeah, sure, yeah. I mean, I, I, I just, you know, people, I get all sorts. I get, um, I used to have a live chat on my website. I've taken it off temporarily because it's just I'm just too busy at the moment. But they were either getting a live chat, WhatsApping, phone calls, emails. There's a contact form. Some people Skype me. You know, so really I get, get lots of different ways. And I try and, you know, I try and respond as quickly as possible because I hate it when I, when people don't respond to my emails quickly. So, yeah, I, even if it's just, you know, sorry, I'm really busy, but I will get back to you, you know, give them, the, give them the time when I get back to them or organise a, you know, a session like this. Just a, yeah, I know already that you're very busy. You seem to always yeah. have a lot of things on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, especially at sort of March time. I mean, it, it, it did get quiet because of the COVID thing and everything, you know, like, and December's usually quite quiet. So I, I do appreciate at the moment it's it's... You know, it's a difficult time for lots of people. But then again, like at last time on the financial crash, 2008, you know, freelancers and individuals kind of benefit. If you can get in there, like these these big companies, they still need they still need this stuff done. You know, they still need what you can offer. And if you can offer a more competitive package than an agency or a big company, there's money to be made. There's, there's work out there. You know, Maybe even like, more so oh, these days. Is, it seems to be a, a trend growing for large companies to outsource at least some of their kind of work to freelancers. Mm. It seems to be a growing trend over the last couple of... Yeah. Maybe COVID-19 helped a bit to kind of push that. It's changed, it's changed the landscape for sure, mm. uh, especially in terms of working from home. Now, I've been doing it for a long time. And even before COVID, I was doing meetings like this. I was doing screen share sessions so they could share my screen. It was just much more effective than me going all the way across London. You know, it would take, take a couple of hours. And by the time you get through the tubes and everything, it's, you know, you're pretty... It's pretty knackering doing that, you know, going across London having meetings. So I was doing these sorts of things anyway, just because they're much more time. So now, now more people are used to it. They realise the benefits of it. You know, it, 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 COVID has changed so much. You know, and, and part of the reason why I've now left London and I've moved down to Bournemouth, back sort of near where I'm from, because I don't need to be in London. You know, and it's like it just makes mm. more sense. So is branding a one-time thing? As, as in you get it all in place and it's done or is it more of an ongoing consideration well i think if you get your core values right you know say so this is what we stand for right these these then these are the emotions that we want to hit and every email phrase you know picture and and the, the design of the logo and the colors and stuff like that now over time you'll find it will evolve and change and sometimes you might have to do a rebrand. You might have to think, well, you know, well, actually, we've worked out what our customers are now, and they're actually more like this. So it would make more sense. We'd make more money if we rebranded now to fit that demographic and that and those emotions now. So you can. That's why companies rebrand. I mean, it's always a big challenge. You know, it's always a bit um, scary to do a rebrand, but ultimately, 
you know, you don't really see companies rebrand and then go, oh, that didn't work. I'll move. I'll go back to the old brand. They always move forward, you know. So, so you know, no matter how scary it is. Uh, the other thing is that, um, especially smaller businesses, they they don't think too much about. This is going a little bit off topic, but I want to I want to mention this because it's really important. Like they talk, they they have a, a name for their business or their business idea, uh, but they never actually research to see if it's if it's got a copyright or trademark on it already. And I've seen people like they're so confident about their name and they're like, yeah, yeah, this is our name. And I just like after about five minutes searching on IPO intellectual property office, I find that it's trademarked and you can't use it. And it's like the, the whole world collapses, like the whole business collapses. It's, like, it's no big deal. You just find another name. Yeah, it's like you, you just got to find the name that you can protect and own. So that's the first thing. The name shouldn't change. The, shame, the name should be protected by a trademark. You should do that fairly early or at least make sure that you're not infringing on someone else's. And if you get that... Yeah, during your research. During your yeah, research yeah. stage before you get started, make sure that the name's okay and available for you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and if you can obviously get, get a .com of that name, then you're pretty much guaranteed that you'll get a trademark for it. But .coms are very difficult to get. Hmm. All very expensive. So are there any specific questions? You, you might have covered this already, but are there any specific questions someone should ask themselves when creating or improving their brand? I think you've got to you've got to put yourself in the position of the customer, or with your audience, or your client, whoever it is. Mm. You've got to try and be them, or at least interview them. You know, don't think you've got all the answers. And the other thing is that they'll come up with answers that you wouldn't even thought of. And and, and all of that that's that's part of research again. Like just just talking to your clients and, and or friends that are you know someone that's going to buy or, or potentially would buy and interview the hell out of them and get all the answers and try and be them. Don't don't be too arrogant, don't be too in your own, you know, opinion. Like be, be open, be be receptive to change, be receptive to to the idea that you might not be right about it, that your instincts are not right initially. I think the more research you do, the better the result you'll get, the better your instincts will become. But don't think you have all the answers to start with, you know, be you've got to be flexible. I think uh, the main takeaway I'm getting so far is just to put in plenty of research and a lot of thought before yet before the actual branding actually starts. Yeah, yeah, that that's really important. Most people want instant results; they want to instantly go to it. That's why they use these little logo these little logo makers and stuff like that. You'll never get the depth of thought in that. Uh, and the other thing is that whatever result comes out, it's gonna it's gonna look exactly like something else out there. Yeah, eventually that will be that'll either cause confusion in your customers uh, and, and not enough uniqueness with your own brand or at the worst end of it you're going to end up getting sued for doing something like that because someone will just say you know you've just taken my idea so but but the research thing is something that you know, you can do it for free it's just you put the time in and you can do little sketches and doodles and all of that is stuff that you can do for free so that doesn't have to cost anything apart from your time and it's great fun it's really good fun like if you really get into it if you go into it with an open mind and you research the hell out of it you learn so much like learning is fun i think i think it's always good to learn mm -hmm, of course yeah you should be doing that daily uh, how do i launch a new product or service a service line so that it fits in with my existing brand so if you're creating um if, if your initial first brand has got you know, a set of brand guidelines and you know like these core values 
and uh, you know you understand your audience. It shouldn't be too difficult to create other things under it or as part of a suite because you know all those things already. You know who you're talking to. Like if, let's say, it's a body shop or if, I don't know, like, um, like you know, Nike or, or some of these big, the big brands, they create a sub-brand or a product. They know, you know, they know the, how it's going to look. They know what they want to achieve with it. I mean, if you look at a pharmaceutical company, they, they make up, they make up like um, toothpaste brands and stuff like that a lot of the time. And they're just, they're just names and, and you know, sort of like, they'll, they'll go with one, they'll go with a feature and I'll really hammer that feature. Like with toothpaste, they might go, right, we need something that's going to create the most, the freshest breath and it's going to be all about that. You know, that's probably how like Aquafresh came about, you know, and the, and all the brand is consistent with that. So they know that people that are looking for that particular product, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll hit that, you know. So I think that, that what you've got to think of is if you're doing something underneath your own brand, think of what that new feature is and make that the focus of all the language and all the visuals, all that sort of stuff. So it's very clear. And, and but then you know you can have it linked to your own brand in subtle ways you know the, the typography the colors i'm not sure if you know if you can answer this or not but uh, how do you increase brand recognition yeah um well uh it's, a, it's quite a big question i mean Cause it's not your exactly your core area is it? yeah i mean Again, you got you got you got to you got to just reinforce the values of that brand, you know, and um, and I guess um, you know if, if you can uh, if you can do it in a, an emotional way, you see, you'll see like companies, big companies doing things for charity where they think, well, they're obviously losing a lot of money by doing that, but because they're causing you know a good thing and and good waves, then even if it's cost them a lot, actually the the the, the, the splashback from all the promotions and, and people sharing it and saying, oh, yeah, this is great. You know, they've provided, you know, clean water in this African village and stuff like that. And, and you know, that, that sort of thing can obviously enhance. So you could do you can do charity things. You can do things that people will naturally share on social media is, is the ultimate. You know, if you're a musician doing free gigs and getting people to upload their upload their um footage and stuff like that and that's, that's why social media's social media's changed everything really and i think the more genuine it is the better you know so you can be a bit rough and ready with the videos if it's genuine you know so um i think that that would be the way to do it just to anything that's aligned with the core values of your brand or your business and any demonstration of doing good or just anything that people could share it could be something really funny that people will share but some just sort of shareable content content on social media and the other thing is just being friendly and just being like okay so what i do a lot i do a lot of emailing on linkedin i just i just check in with people you know and add people and i start, i'm not trying to market myself i just genuinely want to make connections i mean i think that's how me and you connected you know i was just i just sent messages out and talking to people and, and that sort of long, doing that over a consistent and a long period of time, you know, people come back to you. People have, people have emailed me going, oh, you know, you emailed me. But it was like from three years ago from me doing this, you know. So it, mm. it all counts. It all, it all helps. Mm. It all builds up. What's the most important thing to think about when doing a branding, the very most important thing? 
well, I just go back to the, the core values and the emotions that you want to hit. Um, you know, how, do you, how, how do you want people to feel? Just say that, you know. Hmm. Get, get to that feeling, get to that emotion as quickly as possible. Keep asking questions until you get to an emotion. And you go, right, that's it, you know. Thanks, uh, thanks again for joining us, Dave. Uh, some great insights into the world of branding. Um, what's the best way for the listener to learn more about you or contact you? Uh, yeah, have a look at the website, freelancegraphicdesigner.co.uk. Uh, I've got an Instagram account. I don't use it that much. I should do. Uh, but, you know, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, I use a lot. So, yeah, David Pugh on LinkedIn or uh, freelancegraphicdesigner.co.uk. And, uh, yeah, all the details are on there. So, yeah, get in touch. Great stuff. Thanks, Dave. Thank you. I'll speak to you soon. Thank you, too, for listening or watching. I hope you found it useful. For more freelancer help, content, services, or to become a member for more benefits and resources, visit aspectavenue.com. You can find any links mentioned in this episode along with other helpful information in the show notes or the YouTube description and on this episode's page at aspectavenue.com. If you like The Freelancer's Friend, please like, review, subscribe, leave a comment if watching on YouTube or the website and please share the podcast with your freelancer friends. Until next time, remember, you can work alone but not to be on your own with The Freelancer's Friend. Bye for now. Thank you.